Welcome to the journey. We are live. It is Friday. John just realized we are live. He's sharing the broadcast. Uh, Gone. Oh, I was like, who's that sad? Mm-hmm. It's a guy that. You know, we come on here every Friday night, The Journey Live. Uh, Feel free to share the broadcast as you come on. Feel free to comment and be a part of what we're doing. Um, We want to be able to answer uh, questions you might have or interact on things uh, that God might be expounding to you uh, with what's been going on in the broadcast. So make sure that you're open to the comment bar. Also, this is our second week back since we had our little, like, uh, just relaunch of a couple episodes. So we welcome you back. Also, uh, make sure to share because we want to reach new audiences, reach new people all over the world. Uh, We're on Spotify, Podomatic, YouTube, Facebook Live, pretty much everywhere you can get a podcast. We are there. So um, feel free to comment, share, be a part of what we're doing. Also, if you guys want to financially be a part of what we're doing, you can do that, www.hcm-stratford.org. You can click on the Donate button and be a part of the journey. But uh, just welcome, everybody. Hope you guys are having a good week. We are back in studio. Me and Johnny's just sharing like you should be doing, <laughs> sharing the broadcast. Like, like my little grand- granddaughter says. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. Woo. Yeah. There we go. Already in because you can't be out. How do you get out of an omnipresent God? You can't. Come on. Yes. Let's uh, be aware of our connection. <laughs> I like calling it connect on Sundays because it's like get plugged into that which you're connected to, you know? Yeah. It's already there, but we can just put our focus to the outlet, you know? Yes. So welcome, you guys. Once again, make sure you share. <coughs> share the broadcast. Yeah. Sweet. This week, John set up to see comments as well. So if you have a question or you want to interact with us, feel free. We're going to move a little more towards that, which has been our heart throughout this. But, like, if you've had a question over the last few weeks or or maybe it was longer and you want to just ask it, you can do that in the comment bar. Uh, we might not get to it right away. We might do what we're here to do and then get to that. So, And yeah. then I think we're even looking at doing a questions and answers week. At some point, yes. You know, so just interact with us, guys. Be uh, Tell us where you are. Tell us who you are. we got three. Come on, we're climbing. Remember to share. Sharing is caring. It's up in the corner. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that, like we say almost every week, quoting Justin Abraham that you're powerful enough to disagree. And we're okay with that. (laughs) Really what this is, is a stirring you to pursue truth, to think for yourself. Like the funny thing about sheep is (laughs) one goes underneath the fence and the rest follow. Why don't they look around and decide whether they should or shouldn't? Just because one went under under doesn't mean everybody should. And that's the kind of thing we need to understand is that in order to mature in the Lord, we have to be willing to be teachable. It's funny, eh? He says, except you become as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, it doesn't mean childish. 
he means teachable. Like a blank slate. Like a blank slate. And yet we all seem to made our minds up by what we've been told, not by him. Well, and it's funny, like I've met people and I I probably was one of these people who, you know, you get saved and you're super passionate within a year. You think you know everything there is to know. Yep. And you're confident in that what you know and you're confident in that whom called you. and, And then all of a sudden, one day you take a look and the things they say say that might not say that. And, you know, for me, it's been uh, through point of origin that really opened me up. Right. But it brought me to a place where it's like, unless the Holy Spirit teaches me, Mm -hmm. it has no power for me. Which, again, it's the light piercing our hearts. Come on. With the truth, which is the word of God. He Mm -hmm. is the light of the world. He pierces us, which are in darkness. Darkness is blindness. And it's a way of being able to understand. And the Bible is a book of code. Yeah, come on. And it's there's different levels. The, the, the rabbis knew this. I explained it all before. There's four levels. And yeah. there's probably many more. Even with, you know, we talked last week is a really good one on the whole fact of idioms, uh, language content content (laughs) and like the uh, higher truth is couched on the lower and so god wants to unveil things to us as we mature just like you don't hand the keys to the ferrari to your seven-year-old son you may love the car and love the color but when he puts his foot to the floor it's going to be another story. Well, and, and there's so many times where we see this. Um, like the one that rocked me recently was Jesus, hmm. where he said, you know, um, in that day, they'll say like they did miracles in my name and yes. all that. And the Lord asked me, he said, what were the disciples doing just before I said this? Exactly. And I was like, what do you mean? Well, he had sent them out in his name. He had told them to go do miracles and they were coming back yeah. on a high. Mm-hmm thinking that they had somehow become better than everybody else. Right. And Jesus goes, well, if you think that's the answer, well, what about those who do these things who don't know me? Yeah. It's like, it's almost like, um, it's almost like a father trying to impart wisdom through not, not like our idea of taking them down a peg, but he's trying to say to them, guys, if you think your identity is found in being my follower, you miss the point of being my friend. Exactly. Servant is not what he was looking for. No. He's got a lot of angels to do this stuff. Come on. And does he want us to serve? Of course. The servant is the greatest of all. That means you've humbled yourself and you're understanding and you are fulfilled in him. It's not like you're seeking something now, but you're giving Mm. and serving out of love. Jesus was the greatest servant of all. Think about it. He was a servant. He came to serve. And you see it everywhere. He didn't can't come to be worshipped. Yeah. He came to serve out of great love for us, his brothers. And so we have to understand this whole thing of maturing and learning to walk in love and unconditional love is, is what we're learning and growing into because we've been trained in a form, mm. an orphan spirit. Knowing about God, but not knowing intimacy with God to to learn about the kiss, but not kiss. Yeah. And it's intimacy is so important. I mean, again, 
back to the belief in the stuff that's been taught to us and the, the fall is uh, sin to the Jews is anything that separates me from God. Yes. The fruit of separation is what we all discuss in the West. So separation from God. So if we've been brainwashed into separation, then we think God is at a distance and we're serving him, hoping he's happy so we can go home. Mm. Not knowing that we were home before we ever left because we've yeah. never left. That's the whole thing, just in our minds. Well, and, and I think the thing that's so... I don't did I get into me and Len last week a little bit. Yeah, I, a little, yeah. Well, I had an experience where a lot of stuff came out that I didn't even remember. Like I remembered it and all this stuff. But one of the things that came out of me was like, how do you be good when there's no good left? Yeah. And that was before I met Christ, right? This is what I believed. Yep. And it's like point of origin is teaching me that there was always me there, that the sum of my experience was, was not who I am. Mm -hmm. but what I went through. Yes. And so that's what point of origin does for me. Knowing that I come from God and I belong to him yeah. means that my default might not be sin. Right. Exactly. That, yeah. Because we all believe that we're sinful men. So our default has to be to screw up and we're seeing this. Yeah. Like I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in, in lots of people's lives where they continue to struggle with sin. Right. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And so, the reason why we have to have much grace is because we haven't entered into the truth yet. Right. And that's the truth. And and um, I was just talking to someone today and they were like, oh, man, this this big name guy released a thing where the Lord's exposing things. And you're going to see so many people that are living in sin who are leaders in the church. Well, of course mm -hmm. they are, because they still have not entered into the new covenant where mm -hmm. there's intimacy and they're lacking in relationship and making that up in the flesh. And I've done that. Yeah. I don't want to judge them. I want to see such a wave of mercy in the church and grace and love and compassion for those people that, that it rocks everybody. Imagine if, what imagine if, if you didn't have to hide that what you if, were, what hurting. if what we desire we get? Yeah. So what they're getting excited about, will be coming to a theater near you because it says, judge not lest you be judged. Oh man. I don't even, I'm like, I had a, I used to say, I want to give a truckload of mercy because I on. need it. <laughs> right. This is the thing. If you create a standard, so let's say as a person, I'm doing good. I'm mm -hmm. doing great. Mm -hmm. Look at better, man. And I create a standard that I think, you know what? Everybody should live this way. Yeah. Now, what I've done is I've actually put myself above Christ, even though I don't measure up to him, because now my standard is me. Yes. And that allows me to judge others, because I have to judge them based on something. Yeah. Because if I judge them based on Christ, well, then I'm a failure too. Right. But I, if I judge them based on me, then I have a grid work in which I can judge. And that's what we're not seeing. That's what we don't see when we enter into judgment. Which what that is, is we, he said he made us in his image, but we returned the favor and created God in our image. Exactly. So we make him like us. So we want justice because we've been hurt or we have trauma. And so yeah. now we want this God of judge, justice to bring down the hammer. Or we spent our whole life 
mm-hmm. in a room shooting up requests thinking we were moving the earth. No, I know. And we and we called that prayer. And we got bitter because other people were encountering God who were worse than us. Yeah. And that's why the Pharisees could not understand this man who spoke to women the same as men, who spoke to tax collectors, who sat at the table with the broken. And he's going, guys, you don't get it. We're all broken. And he was looking through totally different eyes called eyes of the spirit. When he said carnality, when he said no one is good, Mm -hmm. but my father, he excludes himself for a reason. I believe this Mm -hmm. is just my belief. You Mm -hmm. pray about it. You seek God. But he felt the weight of the flesh. He was at war. That was his cross. He was at war with carnality, not to give to that. He felt it. And he went, you know what? Forgive them. They know not what they do. Yeah, because, I mean, in, um, <laughs> where is Come it? On. Um, hmm. mm. Isaiah 11. There we go. It says that um, <laughs> he did not judge with his eyes or with what he heard with his ears. Why? Because that's carnal. But only righteous judgment. And what's mm. righteous judgment is what the Father sees. So what does the Father see? The Father doesn't see what we see. He sees what he created and the scroll of our lives. So he's looking at something different than we are. And as long as we're looking through our brokenness, our stained, darkened eyes, then what we do is we put that onto everybody else. Come on. And then we try to find out if we're okay. It's basically the Pharisees. They used to walk along and say, well, I'm not like that other guy. I must be doing all right today. And that's kind of what's going on. We're, we're judging all these people because it makes us feel better about ourselves, Even though we don't measure up and we know we don't measure up, we think that guy's really bad. At yeah. least I'm not going where he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's like we're missing the whole point. The whole plot is missed in that. Well, and the, and the thing is, is like church, <clears throat> unfortunately, has become a place where we get chopped down instead of lifted up. It, it, because, again, we're trying to perfect in our flesh. Which can only be perfected in spirit. Why? Because spirit brings truth. Yes. And what is the truth? That you were with God before you were born. Mm-hmm. That you existed. That you were his. And, and I don't, a but, changed mind is to go from the mind of flesh, come on, carnality, to the mind of Christ, to the mind of Christ, which means spirit, the mind of the spirit. That's what the repentance or change of metanoia yeah. is. And so, um, God does not glorify flesh, no, because it's in a fallen state of mind. And so we have to renew our mind to the truth yeah. and walk in the spirit. It's another world. It's another conscious awareness. It's not just being better. It's not memorizing scriptures. It's not going to the right denomination that you're in the right culture. You know, we have our culture, brother. It's like, that's not going to do it for you. I hate to break it to you, (laughs) but that's not Christianity. That's Western Christianity. We feel safe in numbers, in a belief system of people of like mind. But that doesn't mean that like mind is right. 
Yeah. That's why we have to become as a little child. We have to be willing to be taught. So that's why even with this stuff, I want to uh, break down some scripture to give us some thoughts about something that might you might look from a different perspective. Come what on. we're going to do is take a, a jewel, set it on the table, table called the word yeah. or the pearl of great price, spin it and look at it from different angles. Come on. See if there might be something there we missed, right? <laughs> there might be. Well, and this is the thing mm -hmm. is Jesus, like when you understand, when you start to barely understand, <laughs> I don't want to say understand because this thing is so deep mm -hmm. that I'm just like, I'm you just know what? It's probably so deep. And then at some point we're going to go, this was a, a kindergarten's color book. It's well, simple. The, well, and that's that's why you have to keep it simple, right? Yeah, we can. <laughs> the depth of the iceberg beneath the water might be so massive we never find the end, but it's still just an iceberg. Yeah. Right? So it's like it's <clears throat> it's as simple as receiving like a child. Yeah. But it's it's an unending mystery as well. Yeah. Because it's it's not weighable to human mind. Like um, one of my favorite Brendan Manning stories is this story of a friend he had who mm -hmm. was a priest and he met a young man who said like, you know, I'm, I'm selling drugs and I'm, I'm having sex and I can't stop, but I want to stop, but I can't stop, but I can't stop. And the, the priest finally like interrupts him and he goes, don't stop. And the guy goes, what? He goes, don't stop. And Jesus will still have died for you. Mm -hmm. Don't stop. And Jesus will still have loved you. And he'll never change the way he sees you. And he'll always be here for you. And he sees a kid a year later completely delivered. Because he broke in, didn't he? Through he religion to the fact that God loves him unconditionally. If God changes based on what you do, he was never faithful or well, steadfast. It makes my sin larger than him. <laughs> yeah. He's now minimized down. A little, a little, little God. Like he's shocked. Huh? Like he was shocked. Yeah. Like somehow we slipped one by him. Oh my gosh. He can't look upon sin. Well, if that's true. <laughs> he's never he's, looked at the earth. <laughs> he's been never. He's here in everyone. Come on. In Christ, all things, what? Hold together. And exist, yeah. So it's not quite what we think. And how were we all inserted in Christ before the foundations of the world if he can't be near sin? Yeah, exactly. You know, like we, we've never asked these questions. No. So I just, uh, <laughs> through scripture, through experiences or things oh, the Lord has smoke. said to me. Yeah. I'm just going to take a paintbrush and paint a little. I'm down. Let's do it. And then we just kind of look at it and say, hey, maybe there's something I missed there as we spin that, that uh, jewel in front of us, right? Just to let you guys know who are on right now, if mm -hmm. you would share the broadcast, that would be awesome. Also, feel yeah. free to comment, ask questions. We will get to them. Also, we're uh, rolling around the idea of doing like a school, uh, walking through the journey and and having that be like an interactive Zoom kind of thing, not just live. So if you're interested in that, you can message us either through Facebook or on That's our good. HCM website. Yeah, so. what we could do is begin to see if there's interest out there. Yeah. And if we have the numbers, then we could uh, go ahead and start something like that. 
Yeah, and, and there's going to be monetary value on the schools only yeah. because it takes people's time and people have lives and and the material. You know, just putting it, you know. Yeah, the time it takes to do these things, and we'll make sure it's super interactive for you guys, visual, yeah. everything. We we try to do everything with excellence, and uh, yeah, you know, and I th I think we're pulling it off. Like I look in this room, and I'm like, wow, God, you're good. Yeah, this has turned out really well. Yeah. So let's dive into uh, the jewel. Okay. But make sure you guys comment and be a part of it. Yeah. So the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is well. Let me back it up. When I had COVID in um, March, the end of March, uh, 2020, and I had to go to the hospital. I won't go into all that today. It was it was a bit of a rough go. Um, both my wife and I. But the Lord began to speak to me um, about that. And just before I went in the hospital, he said to me, um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is where media and much of the church is getting their wisdom. That false news and some real. He said to me, he was rebuking me in a loving way. I've called you to eat from the tree of life which is to listen to my voice and not be carried about by the spirit of confusion. That's what we got happening in the world right now. A lot of division and confusion. Is Jesus confused? No. Is he divided? He said a kingdom divided won't stand. His kingdom's not divided. So if the church is divided, it's not his kingdom. Let's just do math. One, one's two. So he was saying this to me because I grew up my whole life living out of a fallen state called a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It wasn't literally a tree. It's within you. And it was living out of a place of reasoning in my own fallen mind, ego, in the ego, and trying to make sense and do what's right. Use wisdom, which is uh, according to James in 3.15. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. It's earthly, unspiritual, demonic, is what James tells us. So that wisdom that we lean into that makes sense to our mind is actually what James called demonic wisdom. It's earth. It's of the earth. Earthly means carnal. Heaven means spirit. They're words. Remember, words have meaning. So. To dive into a little bit to see some of this, in John 3, he says, The one who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the best man rejoices when he stands and hears the bridegroom's voice. So now my joy is complete, John says. He must increase while I must decrease. What are you talking about, John? The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth is of the earth. He's talking about himself. He's carnal. And of the earth, he speaks. The one who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, he testifies to that. Yet no one receives his testimony. Why does no one receive his testimony? Because it's of spirit. 
Now, why does it say in the scripture that, you know, John, it says, was the greatest man ever born of a woman, but the least of you is greater. You ever wonder about that? Well, there's a reason. Because it says John was born of a woman. He was carnal. It means all those that have come before, and it shows us in Hebrews chapter 1, throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by the prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time. Building one truth upon another, but to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly, listen, in the language of a son. Come on, this is where we're to go as sons to walk in the spirit, the language of the spirit. He's pointed, he says, the appointed heir of everything. For through him, God created the panorama of all things and all time. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature. He's a mere image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. So important then to see what John's saying is that I have come as one speaking in fragments. And the greatest one, God, Jesus said, of all the prophets and everyone that's come in the carnal mind, John was the close to speaking these things because he said, I hear the bridegroom's voice. He's giving us a revelation. It's only the voice of the father you must follow. And then it goes in Hebrews. It's telling us what that scripture is about. It's saying that in these last days, we now listen to the son. It's the son now we must follow. We are no longer to follow carnality, even when the Holy Spirit moves through it, which is great. Yes, we follow the Holy Spirit, but we need to see it's a new day since then that we're supposed to recognize the voice. That's why God was saying to me, John, you got to quit reverting and trying to look at what's right here. Just listen to me. It's the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ, the mind of the Spirit. Why do you need to seek to know what's right when I can just tell you what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I had to do because I went through years where he was teaching me this by allowing me to see the lot of the darkness that was going on. Then he'd take me into the glory way beyond anything I've ever experienced before, <laughs> including Toronto. Right. I was in revival. I am in revival. I was being blasted by the glory. And yet then he'd show me the dark, then bring me back to the glory. And he kept showing me because he wanted me to realize Psalm 2. Come on. He laughs at the plans of kings. Do you think the 1% on the earth has got the father concerned? Do we think they're going to take over? No, they're not going to take over. Why? Because who's on the throne here? Do we think, again, see, we have a a separated mind. We believe separation. So we think God came, 
was crucified, rose from the dead, and he's off playing backgammon somewhere until he comes, until back. He comes back. No, that's not what's going on. He's here. <laughs> he's here, omnipresent. He's so he's, he's just reverting to me. John, 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 let it go now. Let it go. I'm going to teach you a way you've never been before. Mm. Because why? It says that uh, the Israelites did not enter the promised land. Why? They did not enter rest because of unbelief. So where are we supposed to live in a state of rest? And unbelief in what, right? Yeah. In what was the promised land, what they were to access. What God said, yeah. And also the the whole aspect of it says that we're to dwell in the peace and the love and the righteousness of the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't know about you, but I look around at the storm going on, especially in the in the in the Christianity, and I say, Whoa, I don't see any peace and joy. They'll tell you that, but look at them arguing and backbiting like Chihuahuas. I mean, what is this? The kingdom of God is not what you see going on i don't care who's prophesying what seriously it is not what's going on, Come on. it's not coming jesus said in physical what you can see physically yeah. is he over there is he over there no it's within you yeah. so we're trying to revert ourselves to looking within to the king we haven't fully established a throne where god's in charge no, because we see things that are outside of our understanding and it makes us feel there's still a war going on. Yeah. But the truth is, is everything that happens, even outside of my understanding, mm -hmm. is working together for my good. All things work together. We can't throw that scripture out. And God knew millions of years ago what I would need, mm -hmm. what I would walk through what I would struggle with, all these things, and I need to trust him completely. Is he God or is he not? Is he faithful? Is he, is faithful? he trustworthy? Yeah. It says the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, mm -hmm. for God gives the Ruah without limits, mm -hmm. the Spirit of God. That's what he's called us to do, to walk in like Jesus. 70 years they were in Babylon, 400 years imprisoned in Egypt. I have to ask today, have we been stomping and making bricks as slaves and unaware? Do we really know what's going on around us? Because God allowed them to go there because they, they wanted certain things, and it was only through that they could come into freedom. When are we going to have realize what's going on and say, I've had enough? Well, I think a lot of people, especially um, a lot of people I know, mm. have, have been doing the same thing for 20, 15, 30 years. Yeah. And they're, they're looking at their lives going, wasn't everything supposed to change because we believe this? Right. Wasn't everything supposed to be different? And the only time I had different come into my life was when I gave up control. See, that's a, a pretty scary thing because that's really, should I say this, oh God? That's what the vaccine's all about, is losing control. 
do I get it? Don't I get it? I can't give it. I can't get it because then I, I need my control. But I, I want to break the news to you. God wants all of your control. You can give it to him and trust him. Or you mm-hmm. can keep your control, but you won't enter the kingdom. You're going to under not you won't. I'm saying this because it's your mind that won't. I'm not saying everybody's not in. I'm saying, where do you think you are? And there are people living in hell on earth because that's what their life's like right now. It's a mess all around them because of what they believe. Yeah, like there's things in society that are challenging people's ability to be in control. All the time, all the time. And it was happening long before the vaccine came. It's just an issue. But I'm saying that's the current one. Yeah. Oh, there'll be new ones. There always will be. So in Revelation 3, 17 and 18, it says, For you say, I am rich. I have made myself wealthy. And this is not talking money. This would be a good thing about Western religion. (laughs) We are wealthy. We are in need of nothing. We know all that's going to happen. But you do not know that you're miserable, pitiful, and poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire. And gold speaks of divinity. Spock speaks of heavenly spiritual things. Refined by fire. Fire is the love of God. Is an all-consuming fire. So that you may be rich. And white clothes that you may dress yourself. White clothes are righteousness. Clothed in righteousness. And so your shame and nakedness won't be revealed. And I salve so you can see because you're blind now one time i was uh when i was in street ministry i was begging god in my office in the in the uh by myself in the middle of the day i'd go in because we were at work nights on the street so i'm in there begging god saying um i want to be able to have the robes of righteousness right and i'm repenting and repenting and all the you know the usual thing right And the father says to me, John, move your leg. So I moved my leg and I felt a robe. And he says, I'm not giving you something you're not already wearing. You have the robes. Yeah. How were you the righteousness of Christ without it? Exactly. Here I am begging him for something he'd already given me. See, it was my beginning of my walk. I had no grid work for this. He's just coming in and starting to shatter a little (laughs) religiosity in me and things I'd been taught. Right. But he's saying, hey. And so that was just the beginning of the journey. In fact, it'd be before the beginning before the beginning. Right. <laughs> I remember Larry Pearson saying one day about zero point energy is the point of power. That's where power is released called zero point energy. That's what John was mm-hmm. talking about. I must decrease. That he may increase. I have to go to zero point energy. Zero in self that's good to understand this thing now one time i had this experience i was in a parachurch organization god had called me to go into this but it was evangelical and at the time i was part of the vineyard and then going to be part of partners and in harvest and in the vineyard we were uh, on the cutting edge. Yeah. We had the new worship, the the uh, like of the Father. There was intimacy. There was, you know, it was great, great renewal, <laughs> re- renewal great relationships. 
And so this was in 1991. And I went to this meeting um, because I now have become this executive director of a street ministry. And I had to meet with all these people from around Ontario. And we met and I went to it. Um, I wasn't all that happy about it. I was feeling like I must have done something wrong. God was sending me on the field somewhere because it wasn't in the vineyard. I wanted to go where I was a part of the vineyard and, and be out there doing the stuff, as John Wimber used to say. Mm-hmm. But I was being sent into this because God's wiser than me, and he had a great idea. So I go there, and uh, my first meeting, a uh, regional meeting, we're staying over at this place, um, and we're all there. I get there, and again, I'm with mostly uh, fundamentalists, um, people that didn't even raise their hands in worship. So that was all important to me at that point. And so I'm there. Uh, we get there. We meet in the main uh, room. And they said, well, for the next two hours, nobody speaks. You just go out and there's altars set up all over the grounds. And then you just walk to each one and ask God if there's something you need to deal with. And then they said, don't talk to anybody but him. And then we'll meet back here at the cross in two hours. I thought, well, that's different. That's kind of cool. So I went out and I'm starting to go to each one. Nothing. I finally get to the one where uh, Abraham's to sacrifice Isaac. And the Lord said to me, John, I want you to uh, put the vineyard on the altar. Well, let me tell you something. I was like, there was sadness in my heart. I thought, I was like, oh my God, what's he asking of me? You know, is he sending me to be minister in a fundamental church or something? God, what are you doing? It's happening. The wave's out there, man. And I was on that wave and now you're making me go inland. It's happening here, right? Yeah. He said, John, it's an idol. It's blinding you. You need to put it on the altar. I said, okay, Lord. So I laid the vineyard on the altar. Not sure what he was going to do with all this, but okay, Father. So I laid it on the altar. And when I went away, I went back to my room to pick up my Bible to head back to the main room where the cross was. And when I picked up my Bible in my room, I looked out on the, out on the grounds. And man, I entered into a place with the Father I hadn't been since I got saved. Since I died in the car accident. Come on. I felt him and I felt the intimacy of who he is. And I looked out on the grounds and I could see a Baptist coming. I could see a brethren, a Presbyterian. Yes, even a Pentecostal. I could see all these different denominations coming that were part of the parachurch organization. And you know what? There was no division. I loved them. They were my brothers. And I was like, oh, God, you pulled it out of my eyes. I was blind. The vineyard had blinded me because you were calling me to the body of Christ. Yes, the vineyard's part of the body of Christ. I love the vineyard. I love those little grapes. But I got to tell you, I did. I still do. Those little grapes. I know. This is a great Wimber, you know, and Lonnie Frisbee. But I I realized that that idolatry blinds us. Yeah. And it had to go. 
And so when it went, all of a sudden, he sent me out and I got to speak in brethren churches, Baptist churches, United churches, Pentecostal churches, Catholic churches. And I'd get up to speak and they would be waiting to hear about youth ministry and what I did in the um, in the uh, street ministry. And I would do five minutes of that and then start talking about my father and how incredible he is. And the place would just get hit. People be weeping and they didn't even know what to do with it. God had honored me. He wasn't sending me into like I'd been bad. He was yeah. stripping idolatry from me and taking me out so that I could teach people and reveal to people that Father is good. The work of our inheritance stops us from enjoying it. Yeah. Like what really happened was you started to enjoy the very inheritance of Christ that were one in him. And, and what was stopping you was the work of the field, right? Yeah. We had gotten to a good place. It's the older brother, right? He's out in the field during the party, and the dad's mm -hmm. like, what are you doing? What's the point in all this if you don't come enjoy it? Yeah. And that's that's the thing is, like, when the service starts serving itself, it's time to end the service. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it becomes more about what you can do for the, the ritualistic gathering. <laughs> Well, we get caught up in the form, not the and, function. Yeah, and these things are great, man. I'm so glad mm. that someone throws a camera on oh. at, at the at the, the ranch down there with Jonathan and Melissa Halser. Oh, I am grateful. Man. Thank you Yes, for doing that. I'm so glad someone throws a camera on at, at Jubilee or at it's wherever. Not, it's but, not, yeah, it's not about a denomination. It's about our heart yeah. and allowing the king. Come on. To remove anything that allows us to be blind. If I think yeah. as a uh, quote unquote charismatic that I'm better than a, a fundamentalist. I don't even know if we're allowed to be that. I'm anymore. blind. <laughs> yeah. I think we're for uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, sailors? No. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sailor. Yes. We're pirates. Pirates. Pirates in my father's house. We've no. been marked with the P of pirates. For the peace. Yeah. So there's an altar. The altars can be ego, fear, mm. fear of man. Oh. It can be ministry. Yeah. It can be worship. It can be life. <laughs> right? He said in Luke 17, whoever shall seek to save his soul will lose it. And whosoever shall lose it shall cause it to live. Now, I've never thought of this before, but it's not talking about, this is in Jubilee, the book, translation of Jubilee. It's not talking about his life. It's talking about your soul. That talks about, let me put it in another way. Whoever shall seek to save his mind of man, the ego and the way he understands things, you're going to lose it because mm. there will be a day ends. That mind's going to go, whether it's here or there. And whoever shall lose the mind of man, you'll live by the mind of Christ. Mm. Soul, mind, will, and emotions is what your soul is. So that's what he's talking about. Luke. Come on. So in Romans 7, it says in the uh, Passion Translation, 
this is Paul, I discern another power operating in my humanity. It's waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. That is the fallen state, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This unwelcomed intruder is in my humanity. Mm. Got to get him out. But we've never known anything different. The way of the spirit is a completely different state of being. Different way of thinking. For instance, I don't need to judge. I just do what the father's saying. If the person yeah. in front of me, in my eyes, looks like they might have issues, and then the Lord's saying to me, I really like that person. Look at what I see. And they start to tell you what. That's what prophecy really is. Mm -hmm. Not to expose darkness, but to reveal light and truth. Yeah. Then you speak into that, right? Matthew 16, 6. Then Jesus told them, watch out, beware. If he says watch out and beware, it's a good thing that we might do that. Yeah. Of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Why is it you don't understand that when I told you beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it wasn't about bread. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the yeast and bread, but the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. <laughs> they jumped a level. <laughs> yeah. So... Here is this, this thing he's saying, beware of, the teachings of the pharisaical spirit. So we need to understand what that is. So we too can beware of this mm. and understand what the fruit is if we're entangled in it. So let's go on. Psalm 24, 3 to 7. Who may go up on the mountain of Adonai? Who may stand in his holy place, one with clean hands and a pure heart? Who has not lifted his soul in vain, lifted his own mind, will, and emotions in vanity, nor sworn deceitfully? He will receive a blessing from Adonai, righteousness from God is salvation. Such is the generation seeking him, seeking his face. Even Jacob, Selah, lift up your heads, O gates, be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the king of glory may come in. Now, clean hands means there's like a saying that says, let's get our hands dirty. It means that let's get back, get to work on such and such. Let's do this thing. Let's get our hands dirty. Well, do you see what he's talking about? He's talking about your works of the flesh. That's what clean hands is, not hands doing your own self-work. In context, again, not doing works of the flesh or carnal, which is actually against the covenant. Mm. And a pure heart is one without mixture. No leaven of the Pharisees. Mm. Purity is not what we've been taught. It's about no mixture. If I have pure water, it's not got any uh, minerals and all these things that need to be removed. It's clean, pure water, pure heart, no leaven. Now listen in James. 
And let's look at that for a second. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, I got to look in deeper here. Purify your hearts. How can you be double-minded? Because you have the teaching of the Pharisees and the teaching of Jesus. You're double-minded. Mind of man, mind of Christ. Mind of carnality, mind of the Spirit. That's what he's talking about, James is trying to tell us. For the person must not suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So for me, I'm on a journey to have the pharmaceutical teachings that I was given removed from me in order that I may see the glory of the Lord or what he said, the, the uh, Lord of glory, the King to enter in through these gates. Mm -hmm. That means into this realm, through my eyes, through my words, through me, through you. We're the ancient gates that God wants to step through. Yeah. But it's not going to happen if I'm double-minded because I'm unstable and it's, there's no fruit. So I look at my Christianity over 40-some years. I see sovereign acts where God moves. I see certain things that happen. But overall, these signs will follow them that believe has not been a regular occurrence. And that means why. I've been on the journey of why. Why isn't it? Because we can just say, well, it's not God's timing or we need a revival or whatever you think. Yeah. But we are the revival. You and I are the revival. We're the house the Lord built. Yes. And so if it's not happening, I want to know why. And it's because of this. Because the West has received leaven of the Pharisees. They're more concerned about sin than Christ conscious. Well, because they don't believe truly. You, you cannot believe truly that the blood of Jesus is all-powerful and believe the doctrine we walked in. No. It's all-powerful. It, it erased sin. We're trying to do Christ a favor and make sure everybody's cleaned up so we keep whipping them so when he returns, the house will be clean. And we don't but, understand the spotless bride has nothing to do with her actions. It has to do with her heart. That's right. Is her heart fully his? Mm -hmm. The actions might take time to change. There's a work being done. And that is not our job to judge. So unity, they were in unity in one accord in the upper room. God moved powerfully. Come on. We need that, but it's going to happen when we see what John said. Yeah. I've heard his voice. That's why. That's why he was significant. He was moving. He himself was going through metanoia. He was like at the that end point. of Enyan. That's right. The end of metanoia. He himself was going through metanoia, the change from the mind of man to the mind of Christ, the mind of the spirit mm. and changing. And he, that's why he was the greatest of the, of the mind of man, a born, man born of a woman, which was carnality. But this is a whole new era that God's calling us yeah, to. Yeah, this thing is beyond. Even when we see the pictures of it, it says in Romans, um, 
about Abraham, Paul's talking about, mm-hmm. he goes, he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he is able to do. So if Abraham knew this, we need to be fully convinced. I need to let go of yeah. the pharisaical spirit, and I need to walk with the voice. But the problem is, in order to start that journey, you have to admit where you are. Yes. And so um, I love that, the, the, that Abraham was what? Fully convinced. convinced. That in First John it says, when what? When I was convinced of the love of God, then I knew in the day of judgment that as he is, so am I in the earth. Yes. It's only through the convincing. And and so, so and many of convinces? us. It's the Father. It, that's right. By the Spirit. We yeah. Know it's, it's only through walking with him and allowing him. So many of us are trying to act like we're convinced because we think that's faith. Yes. But true faith is to say, you know what, Lord? I'm not convinced. I'm not. I don't know if you'll do these things. Mm. But if you will, I'm open to it. And be willing to be made willing. Right? Yeah. And like like even um, <laughs> like four or five days ago, right? Yeah. It's so funny because <laughs> he just never fails. So it's like. I'm at the point where I'm looking at at the numbers, right? And yeah. I'm going, I might need to make a couple calls here, <laughs> you know, like and God just tells me he's like, What are you worried about? And I'm like, Oh. So I just like person next to me, I tell them the situation. They're they're like, Aren't you like freaked out? I said, No, just watch. And within like within three, four days, more than enough came. Yeah. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's creating a convincing in me. Yeah. That if he says it's going to be okay, (coughs) it's going to be okay. And he started a liar. Yeah, he started in one area, but he's. I'm. I believe what he's doing is using the area he he knew would most easily break into my heart. Right. As a father, as a husband, all those things. Mm -hmm. Being a provider is a big part of our existence. Right. And so for that's what he's using in me is saying here, trust me here, because I feel like it'll be like a domino effect in other areas. Because at the end of the day, what does it mean to be fully convinced in every area? And we're the last to know, like, did I, I was out there loving God with my whole heart, Mm -hmm. evangelizing, doing all these things, going to conferences learning things, praying every day, reading the scripture every day. I was on the cutting edge of things in the vineyard. I was the last that would have known that I'd turned the uh, vineyard into an idol and it was blinding me. Yeah. And it was only the father. Do you think anybody else was going to tell me? It was the father that had to break in and go, hey. Well, because he wanted to show you oneness. That's right. And one, right. that was a that was a seed for what you're pursuing now. Exactly, and we can take it past the body into the world. Yeah, because they're all his children. The blanket coming out of heaven. That's Every it. different animal was in the blanket. Yeah. Do not call unclean mm. that which I have called clean. Yes. Christ called clean through the blood, through His blood, the shedding of His blood. Well, what about Paul? 
Mm. He said, believe with your heart, confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Well, yeah, because they were chopping people's heads off. Mm. <laughs> they were killing them in the streets. And Paul was saying, hey, if you're willing to die for him, he will not abandon you. No. He was bringing peace to the people who were in the middle of a storm. Yeah. A storm like, that we don't understand. No. We haven't walked in that. They say that Nero like lit the streets of Rome with Christians. Yes. Lit the streets. As torches on the street. Yes. Like I I thought about that the one day and like how scary it would have been to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. How scary would it have been to be a Roman? To know your leader is this freaking psycho. Well, they like that's crazy to me. But they must have had such a hatred in them that they were blinded to the fact that Christians were even human. That's true too. Yeah. Blindness like, is blindness. Still like know? the death, like the, the blood running out of the Coliseum, like a river through the streets. Like, I know. I can't even imagine it. Like I, I, I see a little bit of pain and I'm like a mess. Like I remember when the Syrians remember that was yeah. way before COVID um, the Syrian refugees were coming into Canada and people were like upset. Right. Yeah. And so I, I said, you know what? I'm going to check this out. So I start looking online and I saw the people coming over on these like rubber dinghies trying to get here. Yeah. And it was women and children and fathers and mothers. And I started to ball and I'm like, I have not understood what immigration is. No. These people live in so much pain and turmoil. Who am I to deny them rest? Yeah. Let them come. Yeah. Sure, give them housing. Give them, a, let them come, man. Like this world is so harsh. Like when I was at We Are One, we literally met a guy who, who mm. in Africa had a school where he was teaching young girls not to, um, not to give in to like or young marriages and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. And was approached by a certain religious group, and they said, "If you don't stop, we'll kill you." And he was like, okay, yeah, whatever, and kept going. And um, he had sent, he had had a feeling to send his kids away to his sisters. And all of a sudden, one night, like he heard bombs going off to realize they were bombing him and his school. Yeah. And they, they bombed it to the ground. He lost his leg. Then they tried to kill him three times in the hospital. And so the doctor sent him to Canada. And like we were sitting here, like, and I had, like, we had a word for the guy about this dirt road and, how he was a teacher and all this stuff. And it lines up totally with his whole story. But like when he spoke, like I had, like I didn't have words. Like he was so happy that his kids were with his sister, but he's here. They're yeah. there. Like They're it was still like, there. yeah. And he's like trying to maybe get them here. It's like, but he had this like peace. Hmm. And I, I'm like sitting there, like no one has ever tried to bomb me. For teaching something so basic. Like, you know what I mean? See, to get rid of the leaven of the Pharisees, to pull the mm. log out of our eyes, yeah. to know what it means to live in the heart mm. of the Creator is something mm. that you can't put words on. No. You catch glimpses like mm. him. Yeah. He was a light. He's a light of a truth. Trying to wake up a room full of sleeping people yeah. at the time. So <laughs> this is where we want to go. Come on. So 2 Corinthians one twenty says, Therefore, for as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes in him. 
Mm. Not just because I believe in Jesus. It's because I need to live and move and have my being in him. Mm, that's good. And that's where the promises are fulfilled. So I have to get the leaven out and I'm not getting it out. He's getting it out. Yeah. I need to be a child and let him teach me. In Acts 3, verse 20 and 21, it says, and that he may send Jesus, the Christ, appointed for you, for you and me, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things, mm. about which God had spoke about by the mouth of his holy prophets from an ancient time. So everything that's been prophesied throughout the mouth, through the mouth of a prophet, including everything we have written down as prophecy in the Bible, it will all come about before Jesus leaves heaven, before he steps out of the spirit back into the carnal realm, until everything is restored into the order God intended, until all the prophecies are fulfilled. Jesus will remain in heaven. And only when it is will he come back. So is he coming back tonight? No. Is he coming back next week? No. <laughs> it could be a thousand years. It could be whatever it takes to reconcile and restore all of humanity. Come on. He cannot come until all that has been done he is not going to come and then do it after he's come. He's going to do it before he comes. He's going to fulfill and restore all things before he comes. In Mark 16, it says, he must be received into heaven. Now, what does that mean? So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. When he was received into heaven, he was enthroned. He sat on the throne. When you sit on a throne, it means you're ruling. You're reigning from the place of ultimate authority and power. It didn't mean he slipped himself onto a chair because he's omnipresent in the universe. It's a Middle Eastern term. I talked about it last week. It's a middle. They talk about a throne. It's a Middle Eastern term for somebody that has complete authority. So that is where Jesus is. And he'll remain in that place until he's restored all things. So is Jesus the king right now? Absolutely. According to this scripture, he rose up from being crucified and resurrected. He ascended, which you and I are doing, going through the ascension. And... He became king once again because of what he did, took all authority. So now he's putting things in restoration to restore all things. Now we may go, yeah, John, but look at if he's the king running things, look at the world's a mess. Well, I want to say this to you. If he called also the planet uh, a pregnancy in a womb. So we haven't been born yet. So what you're seeing is if I could look inside a womb at a baby during the creation at an early stage, uh, what I would see would be a little messy and some of it a bit scary. But when that baby comes out of the womb, 
there's this beautiful child full of life and innocence, right? Mm. And so what you're seeing is the creator creating a new creation right in front of us. You want to want, want to see what the creator's doing? Quit looking at the umbilical cord and quit looking at the um, the em embryonic fluid and everything else going on around us. Start looking at the king and start looking and seeing what he's doing. If you watch what he's doing, Psalm 139 will start to take on a new light because God is creating inside this womb, right? He's yeah. creating one new man where we are all united as the body of Christ, and he's the head of Christ. He's at work doing something, and he's patient. Mm. He's patient. He knows what he's doing. He's the creator. Of course he knows what he's doing. We think he's out of control. We think we need to run around. That's why Paul said, "Who? what kind of witchcraft you guys got under? What kind of flesh are you doing? You think you're going to start to fulfill this thing that he started in the spirit? Come on. Right? We want to quit trying to do these, try to do good things for the Lord. Let's not do this stuff. Let's start following the voice of, of the creator. Let's see what the creator's doing as he is transforming the human race while he's moving on these things and he's changing things. We're looking in the midst of it. If we believe in the restoration of all things, yeah, we can't have another belief. So we've been programmed to the end of the world yeah, that's, and the rapture. That's the thing. They think the restoration of all things is when he deletes all the bad and only keeps the good. That's right. They don't understand that through death comes life. Yeah. The seed falls and dies. Falls to the ground and dies, lest it produce fruit, right? I remember one time uh, he said to me, because we all like to quote that verse, um, you'll know a tree by its fruit. Yeah. And the Lord spoke to me and said, yeah, but who tends the tree between seasons? Yeah. And who whispers to it when no fruit is bore? Like, you know, who takes care of this? I do. Yeah, he doesn't leave. He's like, you stand there and look for fruit. True. I look for potential. I look for life. We have to have an uh, an awakening because we've been programmed to escapism. Yeah. We've been programmed not to love those that are perishing, but to try to convict them to be good. And the whole thing, I mean, you think about it, God's mad because we ate an apple. The creator of the universe who created all things, who's om omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, got really ticked because I bit into an apple, and now he's going to cast me into hell and torture me forever. Come on. Seriously? Can we wake up already? That's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. And then you'll say, maybe, but the gospel is foolishness to them that are perishing and the power of God to those that are being saved. Yes, it is foolishness, but it's not that kind of foolish. No, that doesn't even make sense. That makes what I did so powerful 
that even God coming as a man and being crucified, resurrecting in the power of the Holy Ghost, just a little bitty thing that can't overcome my uh, acting out yeah. fallenness in a carnal mind. Yeah. Where God is walking with me to unveil me to me. Well, and, and show me, this is the crazy thing, is looking in the person of Christ. I, I love it because the son returns to the father in the, the prodigal son story. Yeah. And there's no mention that the son ever screwed up. Right. And people don't understand when he put the ring on his hand. That gave him the authority to spend the father's money again. He had full authority. And that's why the brother was very frustrated. And he clothed them. Because he just got his inheritance chopped in half. Because he fully restored the other brother. Well, he still had, they all had the same inheritance. No, I know, I but believe. I'm, I'm saying like in a natural, like in the, in like the story. In a natural one. That's why he's outside. He's like, I ain't going to this party. This guy just gets get to come back a well, robe and it, he's got it, the ring of wealth. He's got it it's, all on it's him. It's because he's tried to be good. And now feels gypped. Because he couldn't have been, he would have liked to have went and been bad too, but he tried not to. And this is the thing is that was the same thing as being bad. Yeah. And that's what so we don't That's get. why Jesus came and said, if you do this, even if you think this, it's as bad as doing it. Well, and, and we, we like, let's just be real for a second. We all talk about being doers of the word. Nobody's cut their hand off lately. No, they can't see some, some of that stuff's not what we think it is. Nobody plucks their eyes out and everybody will agree that that teaching is allegorical. But... Yeah. Adam ate an apple, Only, and that's why we're oh, in this. Well, that's right. And it doesn't even say apple. <laughs> anyway. You know. So we, we have to be Uh-oh. willing to look at something greater here. Mm. That God is an eternal being, and He's he said he rose from the dead, and it's a new creation. I'm no longer part of the old creation. I'm a new creature in a new creation, waking up. To where I am and who I am. Come on. But I've got to let go of the old to see the new. As long as I keep myself blind, I stay in the old. I keep looking at the old. I keep wanting to restore something that's passing away. Mm. Right? Because it's a lie. So, take eschatology. The study of the last things. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us, it's not about the church, and it's not about the world. It's about Jesus. He comes to sum everything up. He holds everything together. All the old covenant looks forward to Jesus, and all the new covenant looks back to him. So every time we look at a scripture, we must interpret it through Jesus' message and his person. You have to interpret it through the eyes of love. You cannot take it in an isolation. You see that? It's the character. He doesn't change. Yeah. Even in the Old Testament, it's the same guy. Yeshua's there. It's the way we've been taught. It's our perception. Even the scripture, he says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, it's, you see where it's going to be done? On earth as it is in heaven. So do I want to escape or do I want to get busy doing what Jesus asked? 
Well, and the escapism is what's made it last so long. Yeah. It's like the when when we continually preach that we need to get out of here. Yeah. We put no effort in here. Yeah, God wants to bring heaven to earth, spirit to carnality, wants to transform the whole thing. And we want to run away yeah. and get off to heaven and when, just let when, her burn. When we're in heaven, mm-hmm. seated with him. Already. I know. So Jesus will fulfill his word by restoring spirit and removing carnality. His will has already been finished on the seventh day. And the end is as the beginning. As he spoke, and his word never returns to him void, always completes what it was sent out to do. So in the beginning, he's creating, he goes, it is good. But when God is outside time, when he said it is good, it wasn't that moment. It was the moment of of the completion of it. It was the whole thing. He was seeing it at the end, which is actually the beginning. Because remember, Thomas saying they were walking one day and the disciples said to Jesus, can you tell us what the end will be? And Jesus said, oh, have you been to the beginning? Because if you've been to the beginning, you'll know the end. Because the beginning is the end. Remember, time in in Hebraic understanding is a circle. Alpha, omega, alpha, omega. So the end is at the beginning. As we were before the fall, we shall be at the end, which is as we were in the beginning. He's seen us on the seventh day, the fulfillment of these things. Genesis 9, 7 says, be fertile then and multiply, abound on earth and subdue it. I don't think God has changed his mind. I think he wants us to be able to um, bring restoration to the whole planet, to subdue it. As it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. This is the kingdom, not defeat and escapism. Jesus is a king, has a government, and it will have no end. His government has no end. So I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about uh, seeing everything being shaken. He says, everything will be shaken, only that which remains is of me. So how do we think he's going to get to that if he doesn't shake our uh, pharisaical mindsets and the programming that we've been given by the father of religion? It's got to come out of us. Just like that story I told you with me at the altar, dealing with, of Abraham and Isaac, dealing with the idol of um, charismaniac had to go. I had to see that God is the God of all the church at that point. And then eventually I would see that the whole human race are his children, not just um, 
in fact, that you mentioned the prodigal son. The prodigal son isn't a Christian that backslid. It's the lost that don't know yet know him as we understand it, returning home. Yeah. Because we all came from home. Come on. We were all prodigals once upon a time. Well, especially in the beginning, it says that there was two sons. Where in the father's house? Well, where's the father's house? Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for yeah. you. So it wasn't here. No. He was referring, he was hiding something. There's there's multiple levels of it. Yeah. You can take it on the surface or you can start to dig a little deeper and realize that you were a son, came to earth, squandered your what? Inheritance, which is what? Life. Yeah. And the lust of the flesh until you woke up to the fact that maybe there's something more than this. Yeah. And returned to the seat you once had. When I saw a table yeah. with like an ancient chair with my name on it, I knew mm -hmm. I had sat there before and I would sit there again. Yeah. That did something for me. It opened me up to a whole new world of possibilities in Christ. Yeah. It made him more powerful than any fall or sin or separation or darkness. It made him bigger than any doctrine or teaching. It it made me realize that my whole life I had given the devil ownership over me without even knowing it. Yeah. And created this world where I was this evil thing Jesus was trying to like get figured out. Yeah. When the whole time I was a son who just forgot. Yeah. It's nuts. And I mean, these are all stages. Like yeah. Um, like stages of growth a child must go through as they're changing, you know, from a child to an adolescent, to a teenager, to a young adult, to an adult. And we go through a process and we look at things differently as we grow. And that's, it's much bigger than that, but that's kind of a nice small picture of what goes on. There's change. But Perceptional. Don't you, don't you think it'll get to a really cool place mm. where like when someone comes like you and they, they come to us and they're like, man, I just stood in the liquid love of God. And we don't try to explain to them who God is, but we let them finally just trust who he is. It's almost like we got taught out of all our encounters. Yeah. We got taught why that can't happen every day. When God says, I want to walk and talk with you in the cool of the day. Yeah. You know, another rabbi that I heard preach about the Hebraic understanding of sin is anything that's different from the garden. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that, that way that Adam interacted with God. Like, wouldn't it be crazy that we never left the garden? Yeah. That we're all in the garden. But the only way to come back into the fullness through the fire. Of, of through the fire into the love. And the fire is the love of God. And what is the love of God? It's a frequency, a higher mm -hmm. frequency. We fell into a lower frequency. So it's only when we're restored from glory to glory up Jacob's ladder that we get to a frequency of love where we are then able to pass through once again into the promised land of Eden. And, and then in that moment, our eyes open and we find that we never left. There we are. Remember, we're going on a far journey to a place nearby. Come on. And when we get there, we'll realize we've always been. We are sitting at the Father's table. We've just closed our eyes and went to sleep. And we're living this. And then we wake up one by one. We start to wake up and we see our Father. Mm. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm in on that Woo. one.
Yeshua, brother, you're so good, Jesus. The love mm -hmm. of God is his goodness in operation outside of your understanding. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, that story you were telling. Um, <laughs> I was just reading a comment. Yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> wow. There was somebody telling that story, right? The prodigal. You got the mm -hmm. prodigal son. You got the father and the older brother. And you got Yeshua telling the story. Mm -hmm. He was there. He's telling it. You have to have somebody narrating the story that's watching it like a movie. It's <laughs> wild. Yeah. The son who never left the house. Mm -hmm. The son who didn't go into the field but stayed in the house yeah. with the father. Yeah. Come on. It's and there's more. I mean, I know there's so much more on other steps that I don't see yet about this. Um, but I know that my experience on the ladder of perception from glory to glory as I am willing to be childlike and let God mess with the pharmaceutical stuff in me to get it out. Um, because when I hated religion, it, I hated it because it was in me and it had to, had to go. And um, you find it as a security blanket because you've known it your whole life. Then you get angry. But it's, it's, it's not to be angry at people because people are you. They were you. You were there. I mean... It's yeah. a process. I have to realize um, that um, if we are so united as one, then whatever I do unto the least of them, I'm doing unto Christ. Yeah. So um, it's not about right and wrong. It's, it's not about now I'm right and they're wrong. It's not about being religious or non-religious. It's about um, allowing myself to wake up to the Christ in me. Yeshua, Jesus, is the head. We are one body. I must wake up to who I am and love unconditionally. Mm -hmm. You want to know what good fruit is? Do you want to know what maturity is? It's when we get to the place where we love as we've been loved. Mm -hmm. I love second commandment um to love others as i love myself so the first thing i'm gonna have to do is learn to love myself mm. by seeing that god is the one that created me and this was his idea and anywhere that i disagree with something i don't like about myself i got issues with him because he's the one that did it do you see that mm. so that's the first thing we need to close our eyes and deal with because you're angry at god you don't like the color of your hair you don't like something about yourself it's him you don't like. So you must deal with that. Mm. See? Yeah. Then you get past that. Sure. You love yourself. Yeah. And now how dare you not love everyone else just as much as yourself? And if you would, now you're seeing Jesus because that's exactly who he was. He came to reveal who we are. Yeah. When you've seen Jesus, you see who you really are. That's what he came to do. Mirror the Father to us and us to ourselves hey you want to know what a son looks like in the spirit 
Well, it's not what you're seeing in the mirror because you're looking at dysfunction and religion. And religion is a very, very evil thing that has controlled you and put you in prison and made me into a judgmental person. Yeah. What you need to do is love. <laughs> Be otherly. Care. And it's not easy, especially if they don't like you, especially <laughs> if you don't fit in their culture, especially because why should I care what culture someone's of? Am I God? No. Therefore, if they want to stay somewhere, I just need to love them where they're at and let them be. And if they want to come out, if, if the light pierces them and they go, oh, my gosh, something's funny here, Houston. Then I'm there as a light on the road to help people. Come on. But not to force because forcing doesn't work any more than when JWs used to come and knock on your door. Think about it. Well, Jesus never tried to force anyone to believe him. Nope. <clears throat> he isn't dragging anybody anywhere. That's why we're in this many years. Well, and, and my only responsibility is to love as he loved yep. and believe that through that, it'll shine light in the darkness. Yeah, that's why if we can get that log out of our eye, our eye and he can literally shine through us. Mm. Like he showed me in the open vision, he said, I am the light of the world. Now you are a light. And what that was, was someone with walking in heaven on earth, in the spirit, fully in the spirit. And that way, it was able to pierce the heart of the hearer. Because what will happen is, my words will take on a new frequency, frequency of fire. And those words will pierce the darkness because they're not my words. Yeah. And they will unveil light in a dark room. And Jesus will say, I'm the way. Come on. I'm the truth. I am the life. The eternal father. Come. It's like when you told that story well, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Might have been in the beginning. I don't know. Of the, the Africa thing where they sing their song. Yeah. If we can release a, ref, a frequency they can remember. Yes. In their heart. Not in their head. We got to bypass the head. That's the, where I don't, I used to think the ego was bad, but now I think that it's just um, been misguided or it's been, um, what do you call it? Um, twisted. Twisted mm -hmm. imagery. Not positive on that one yet, but I think that uh, more apt to be that it's distorted and like consciousness. It's like I'm consciously aware of Christ. I'm consciously aware of me. Yeah. Right. Mm, like I used good. to say this stuff, uh, just kidding. Like it's not joking, but just kind of bringing a picture. And that was... In the natural, you have five senses. Yeah. And you're sitting in that chair. So I take away your sight. Now you don't see me, but you hear me. So you know I'm still sitting across from you. Yeah. Then I take your hearing. 
Now you can't see me or hear me, but you're aware because you can smell my cologne. Then your smelling goes. Now you can't smell me, but you feel the vibration on the table. So you know somebody's here. <laughs> then that goes. Soon all that's oh, left uh, <laughs> is you don't know where you are. You're in outer darkness. You're still sitting at the table. You haven't went anywhere, but you're totally oblivious. You're conscious of only one thing. You in darkness. There is nothing because you can't touch, you can't feel, you can't smell, you can't hear, right? And you can't see. That's us in the spirit. The spirit world's all around us. It's going on right now, right where we are. Yeah. But our senses, spiritual senses, have been darkened and we're in the dark. And God wants to wake us up, get yeah. us out of bed, if you will. And all of a sudden, those senses will start awakening. That's crazy. Come on. And you'll know where you are. You become first Christ conscious. When you're in the dark, in the carnal world, the religious spirit, and it is a spirit, can deceive us and made rules and regulations to keep us bound so we wouldn't know. He wants to keep us in prison, yeah. even though there isn't a prison. Well, That's like, what I said. What kind of bricks are we stopping in the Western world? It's like the, the elephant trainers. When the babies are born, they like stick the metal stake in the ground. Yeah. And the baby pulls and pulls and can't get it out. But the 40,000 pound, <laughs> you know, 20,000 pound, 10,000 pound elephant <laughs> could just walk away. But he can't because he believes that that's more powerful than him. There you go. That's a good analogy. Yeah. So can you imagine if when we start to wake up, that's what waking up is, by the way. All of a sudden you become aware. I've become aware a lot of the spirit world and Jesus around me in the spirit of God a lot. And I can be sitting in my backyard. Like the other day I was there and all of a sudden I looked and there wasn't a tree blowing anywhere. It was still and one tree was moving, moving real well. And I just knew, I just like David said, you know, that the wind was in the mulberry bushes. He wasn't talking about a wind in a mulberry bush. He's talking about the spirit of God was there speaking to him. I knew God was was speaking to me right now in that moment. It wasn't a fluke thing. It wasn't a crosswind. It was God himself. But it's because I've become accustomed now Come on. to that place. Being aware. Uh, being aware. And because my senses are becoming consciously aware of Christ, Come not on. sin. I remember one time I was out on your back patio on Belcourt mm. and I was just worshiping just me and my guitar. And all of a sudden, like, no joke, the grass looked like waves, mm -hmm. like water. Right. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Uh, mm. Where uh, are we? We're tripping. We're moving. So I start feeling really good. Right. Mm. And if you know me, I'm not a big fan of bees and stuff like that. No joke. Bees just started to show up and land on my guitar. And just sit there while I played. Like it was mm -hmm. nuts. Like mm -hmm. I was getting wrecked. Like I felt like I was in an oven that was a million degrees. Mm -hmm. And I was I was the uh the entree. <laughs> you know, like it was like woo. You know, and that's really what we we want out of all of this is to be aware 
of our connection to God. Yes, to see Daddy, mm. to know Daddy, to be aware of our brother, our older brother, and the spirit, and how we fit in all that, you know, <laughs> and not just be uh, so busy trying to have pure hands. No, sorry, clean hands. Yeah. By working it out. Let's get our hands dirty. It's not going to make God happy. Has anybody got any questions before we uh, say adios? Also, remember, if you're interested in being a part of an interactive school, online interactive school, mm -hmm. uh, message us. Let us know. You can message John directly. You can message me. Uh, the website. If you're on the podcast, go to hcm-stratford.org. Mm -hmm. Contact us. Doesn't matter what country you're in. We can work out times and all that stuff. Uh, we just want to know who would be interested in going through um, a school of the bridge or like the different levels of the manuals and things like that. Um, and we, like I said, we would bring it in a very excellent way um, with lots of lots and lots of drinking. <laughs> Always. Always. Yes, uh, we're learning to um, live and move and have our being in the wine. <laughs> yes, because the wine is good all the time because that's the Holy Spirit. That's our regular uh, state of being is in the bliss, right? The glory and the bliss. If you get out of the glory and the bliss and you're sucking on lemons, you know you're in the wrong place. That's all I got to tell you. You're in the wrong place. You've got a little bit of, you know, check out. If the guy at the front teaching you has got lemon breath, and if he does, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. <laughs> yes, we don't want to do that, do we? That spirit is not nice. But God is. All right. We will see you guys next week. Yes, we will. Once again, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do that through our website. You can go to www.hcm-stratford.org. Yeah. Uh, make sure you get a hold of us if you'd like to be part of an online school interactive experience. Um, it would be a few sessions um, just to grab hold of, you know, these things. John will We might figure go through that one out. of the manuals or something, but... It's really at this point, we're just feeling out if there's uh, a hunger for that because we'd have to have some numbers to do it. Yeah. So we, you know, if that's something you're interested in, message us. It doesn't mean it's going to happen right away. No. It just means that we need to, we need to know um, if, if you're on the podcast and you're not seeing the video once again, www.hcm-stratford.org and you can get a hold of us there. Thank you very much. All right. Ooh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ooh.